0: Well, good morning to you, man. I'm glad that you guys are here this morning as we close out our sermon series on the Trinity. And so I hope that up to this point, you have learned who God the Father is, God the Son, and this morning we'll look at God the Holy Spirit. But before we do, let me just encourage you as a pastor for just a second this morning. Um, We announced that we were going to do Awanas uh, this past couple of weeks. We've kind of been uh, beginning to push it. Uh, And so we need 17 workers to do this, okay? This means that we need to be able to have, how many of you were a part of Awanas? How many of you have been good little sparkies and cubbies and all the different things that kind of come with that? Listen, there is nothing more important in your life than spiritual growth of children, can I Can I just say that? Listen, I know that sports and clubs and activities and all of those things are are, are super important, but they 're not as important as spiritual growth within your child and so listen i 'm going to challenge you and encourage you uh, to really, really, really invest in these kids. Some may say man i 've never really taken the step of actually teaching a child man, no greater joy <laughs> than hearing a child share a memory verse that they've worked on all week. Man, this is an encouraging time for us. Uh, We had two sign up. So uh, I know that some of you guys like to wait and be that holdout that's drafted at the very end. This is the draft. This is you coming in and saying, hey, we want to help. So Lisa, will you just raise your hand? Uh, if you will come see her afterwards, she'll make sure that your name is uh, registered, ready to go. And then we will train you this Wednesday night. If you say, hey, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what Iwana's is. It's kind of funny how it sounds. Listen, we will come and explain all of it on Wednesday night. and You'll be trained and equipped to be able to invest in your kids. Amen, church? Amen. Are you excited about this? Listen, we have to stop... Uh, adjusting our schedules to the world and start lining our schedules up with the church, okay? That's where our shift needs to be in in our community, okay? So now I've gone from the personal stuff to let's preach this morning. So uh, the Holy Spirit, man, have you ever just, if I were to ask you this morning and say, hey, explain the Holy Spirit to the person that's sitting next to you, what would you say? What are some of the words that you would use to begin to describe the Holy Spirit? Now, this morning, this is one of those ones that's really hard for us to grasp. Some that have been in spiritual conditions and been in churches their whole entire life still have a lot of misconceptions on what it means uh, to express the Holy Spirit or understand the Holy Spirit. And so let me give you a few things that are a little bit hard uh, to grasp and a couple of reasons why things are hard to grasp. The first is that they're beyond our comprehension. Listen, the reality is that some of us, are not going to have the comprehension to understand everything that's in this world. This is why I'm not a medical doctor. This is why I'm not an attorney. This is why I don't do a lot of different jobs. God has trained me and equipped me and given me the comprehension to understand scripture and to understand that. So understand this morning, none of you are beyond that comprehension. All of you are within that comprehension that you can understand this. I think most of us fall in the second category. They get poor reception from us. In essence, we don't want to understand some things because we just don't really care enough about them. Listen, this has become kind of the the, the nature of the church sometimes. Man, it's a difficult thing for us to understand, a difficult thing for us to grasp. So we just push back and say, I'm good with just not knowing. The problem is, That scripture comes in and tells us that we are to study to show ourselves approved. That we are to give an account for his workmanship and that we are to be the people, the agent, the church is to share with other people that don't know what this is. And so I hope this morning, and I hope over these past three or four weeks, you've began to grasp what it means to understand the Trinity from the perspective that by the end of today, you could go have a great conversation with somebody else about what the Trinity is. Some of the things that are hard for us to grasp. Okay, the first one, if your kids are going back to school, inevitably, they're going to come to you and say, Mom, Dad, I need help with this. Now, listen, can I... Can I tell you, nothing makes me feel more dumb than when I can't figure out third grade English, right? Math, I can get the right answer, but I can't get it the way that your teacher wants it. (laughs) I have no idea how to come to that conclusion. But it's crazy because how many of you went to school? How many of you took these same classes? How many of you third grade English would kick your tail today? Good, we understand this. The second thing that's hard for us to understand is the brain. People have studied it for years. And listen, most people have one, but we don't fully understand it. Man, it's a mystery how this fires, how this operates, how injuries affect it. This is a mystery to the world. But we don't just say, hey, there is no such thing as a brain. We've studied it. We, under, we try to understand it the best that we can. Listen, the third one didn't go over really well in the first service, but here it is. Fishing. I don't understand why you guys wait for the fish to bite. I met a guy that spearfishes, and I think this is my alley. Swim with them, find them, get them, and eat them. (laughs) Makes a whole lot more sense to me. Now, the only problem that I have is that you have to go deep under the water where the fish live, and that's a problem for me. But it's hard for us to begin to fully understand. I love. I came across an article as I was reading this past week and kind of studying this week that brief explanations can explain some pretty complicated things if we word them the correct way, if we share them the right way. First understanding is this, chemotherapy. How many of you understand fully what chemotherapy does? We know that it exists. We know that it's around. We know that a lot of people are are dealing with this or going to deal with this at some point, but here it is. Brief explanation that explains something very complicated. This works by stopping your body from making new cells in hopes that the cancer cells die off before your good cells do. It's crazy. That's the simple understanding. The next one that's a little bit easier for us to understand is an IP address. The explanation here is that it's like a street address, but for computers connected on a network. Listen, this is how they define you. This is how they locate. This is how they understand. How many of you have noise-counseling headphones? Man, if you have kids, these are the best things. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, noise-canceling headphones. Do you know how they work? You just know that they cancel noise. Active noise-counseling, sorry, in the church it's counseling, not counseling. And I'm Southern, so canceling is whatever this morning. Active noise canceling works by mimicking a given noise and outpouring the inverse waveform so that both sound waves are canceled out. It's crazy, right? That's intriguing to us, but now that we know how it works, it makes sense. Body heat. Your body heat maintains its temperature because it's byproduct it's a byproduct of the metabolic process digesting food. Warmth comes from eating. Eat more if you're cold. Amen. I feel like we got that understood. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, this is one of the most mysterious things about the Christian faith. Listen, so many people have given misconceptions and simple understandings and things that don't really make sense, but it makes sense to them or they try to define it this way. The reality is that scripture is a little bit unique in this. If we looked at the God the Father, we saw that there was 145 scriptural references that talk about God the Father and the definition of who he is. If we look at God the Son, which is Jesus Christ, we see that there's 151 references to him as the Christ, but only 33 references in scripture to God the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a mystery to us. So this morning, I want to dive into this and help us fully understand who the Holy Spirit is, how he operates, how he functions, and how he works within our lives. But I want to give you the definition, and this is the explanation that we've used over these past four weeks. Uh, It comes in the form of a triangle explanation for us. God is one God, and he exists in three persons who are all God. This is the Trinity. Listen, all three are equally God. They all have different identities and functions, but the Godhead is what this is called. It's amazing to think that all of this functions perfectly according to God's plan. So as we dive into God the Spirit, I want to give you kind of Scripture's definition of the main role or the main function of what the Holy Spirit is. I was reading an article by Joe Rigney this past week, and he gave a really good quote on this. He says, we struggle to find a concrete baseline for understanding the Holy Spirit. And at some level, this is by design. Jesus tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will glorify me. In other words, the fundamental work of the Holy Spirit in the new covenant is to point and magnify or to point to and magnify Jesus. Now, it's interesting that we understand this major function is that the Holy Spirit points us towards Christ. Listen, if you understand the dynamics of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you see that God the Father is pleased in his Son. This is my Son in who I am well pleased When you see that the Holy Spirit works with Jesus Christ, when you see the submission that Jesus Christ gave towards God, you see that all of them work in conjunction together and they are all submissive to the will of God. Man, this is intriguing understanding for us. John chapter 16 verse 14 clarifies it this way. He says, he will glorify me, Jesus speaking on the Holy Spirit, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the understanding that comes with this. There's a lot of misconception on what the Holy Spirit is. Listen, for some, the explanation is, I know that the Holy Spirit is present on me when I get chill bumps or when the hair stands up on the back of my neck. But can I tell you, this is a really small picture of what the Holy Spirit is. And this is something that is kind of minimal in that understanding. He is always present if you are a believer, realize that even in Genesis chapter one, when it talks, the spirit ascended like or what the spirit was weighed and heavy upon. Listen, this is a clarification to say that he didn't just begin when Jesus left him after, uh, after he died upon the cross. He has always been present. One of the greatest misconceptions that's given about what the Holy Spirit is, is some people define it as a force. It's just a force. Listen, LifeWay research states that about 60% of self-identifying evangelicals believe the Holy Spirit is a force. But listen, the clarification in this definition, a force has power, but no personality. When two agents repel each other, we observe their force. Or two magnets repel each other, we observe their force. But we would never dream of having a personal relationship with a magnet. Forces are incapable of relating as persons. Listen, this is the clarification that the Holy Spirit is more than just a force. Now, we've seen this in Old Testament passages where he comes in like a force and where he moves through like a force, but he is more than a force. He is somebody that we can have a personal relationship with. And so let me give you a little bit of a description. I love the understanding that he says that he is the wind, the breath, and the spirit. Now, if I were to ask you to define wind, you wouldn't be able to tell me what actually wind is. You would tell me what the function and the job and that wind comes through. I love that if you were to ask a kid how to define wind, they would go, (sighs) that would be the explanation. John chapter 3 and verse 5 through 8, it says, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I have said to you, you must be born again. And he gives us clarification of how the Holy Spirit enters and what the Holy Spirit does. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. He's giving us this identity, this definition of who the Holy Spirit is, that he works in the midst of us. Let me give you a, a, a video that just clarifies a little bit on what the Holy Spirit is. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul, filled my soul when at the cross my savior made me whole, made me whole. my sins were washed away. And my night was taunt today, heaven came down, and glory filled my soul. Now, are those not the cutest kids you've ever seen? But it's crazy to think because what they're expressing and what, and listen, I love people that move their hands when they sing and talk. Those are my people, right? Uh, but I love that what they're expressing, expressing is that heaven came down in what? Glory filled their soul. This is what they're singing about. This is what they're expressing about. This is what is in their heart. And listen, as children, we know the innocence of children and how easy it is for most children to just trust in the Lord. These kids are singing this out, knowing that the glory of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, has filled their soul. And when we think about this and understand this a little bit further, we have to look at the person of the Holy Spirit. We begin to see how he works and the functions of what he does. The first thing in understanding the person of the Holy Spirit is this, he speaks. Acts chapter 13 and verse 2 it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Listen, one of the things that we kind of push back on is the understanding that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, the the understanding is that within the revelation of Scripture, the revealing of Scripture to us, this is one of the ways in which the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Let me express it. One of the things that's amazing to me, and one of the prayers that I prayed on early on when I was really trying to deepen my relationship with Christ was this. I said, God, I'm going to read Scripture until you speak to me. Now think about that. We're no longer reading for completion. I'm reading until the Lord speaks. Now, before you look at me like I'm a little crazy, which I probably am, I want you to understand, it's not that he audibly speaks into my ears, but here's how he speaks. As I'm reading through a passage of scripture, and the words jump off of that page, and it's almost as if God is saying... This is me speaking to you. This is the uh, passage of scripture that you're going to need to get throughout this day. That is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But I tell you, I don't know how many people are listening In the busyness of our lives, we get so chaos and ran in different directions. And listen, we are in that stage of life where we divide and conquer. And my wife, I tag her and I go, hey, you got this kid for a little while. And I got this kid for a little while. And we're moving in different directions that sometimes, and I think Satan's biggest attack is that you would get so busy that you stop hearing the voice of God. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The next thing he does in the person of the Holy Spirit is that he teaches us. In John chapter 14 verse 26, but the helper, the identity that he is the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and he will teach you all things and bring, you to, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. One of the things that's crazy to me is that when I read scripture and the Holy Spirit reveals something to me or I've memorized a passage of scripture, here's how he teaches me. Have you ever had a conversation with a coworker, a conversation with a kid, a conversation with a family member? That they begin to pour out their heart to you. And in the midst of them pouring out their heart, you honestly have no idea what to say to them. And in the midst of them pouring out their heart and talking, the Holy Spirit puts a verse that you've memorized. He puts something in your heart to begin to share with that individual. That's the Holy Spirit teaching us to live as an example of Christ. He reveals scripture to us. He allows us to recall it. This is why children and this is why adults learning passages of scripture is an important part of your life. Look, at 45 years old, it is harder and harder and harder to memorize scripture. When I was five years old, it was simple. Memorize scripture. Allow him to teach you. Another way in which we identify with the person and work of of the Holy Spirit is this. He guides us. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 29, it says, And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. And I love this clarity because he's, there's a, a multitude of chariots and the Holy Spirit leads him to the right chariot, to the right one, to the right place. I don't know about you, but one of the questions I get asked many times is, should I go in this direction? I've got two jobs that pay the exact same pay scale. They're exactly the same. Which one should I take? Which one is the Lord leading? Which one is the Lord guiding to? How should I go? And listen, the reason that we don't know what to do in those situations is because we don't know the Holy Spirit and His work. We have to stop and pray and seek the Lord. And one of the things that's careful about my job is I don't necessarily give you exactly what you're supposed to do. I'm not a genie, okay? Okay. I pray with you, and the Lord has to speak to you in the direction that you should go. The next thing is that he, 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 is, he is obeyed. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 19 through 21, it says, And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? The reality is that in this context, Peter was kind of in hiding. The church and the individuals that were part of the church were being continually sought after to to punish and to get them to stop talking about Christ. Holy Spirit reveals to him and says, hey, there's three guys that are looking for you. Now, I gotta be honest. If God told me three guys were looking for me, I'd go, okay, which way's out? But He says, go to them, listen to them. And you can see the rest of this passage of scripture that Peter obeyed the Holy Spirit. Listen, when God is putting that voice in your head, the Holy Spirit that's working on you, that says, hey, ask them about their relationship with Christ. Hey, talk to them about what's going on in their life. Hey, stop and show my love towards them and inside you're going i don't even like that person what if they tell me something that i can't i can't deal with and we go back to the teaching he is to be obeyed the next in understanding the person of the holy spirit is this he is walked with i love this passage in galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 but he says but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify to the desires of the flesh. I love the understanding that when we live for Christ, we are not living it isolated and alone and without people. The Holy Spirit is with us, walking hand in hand, side by side, as we go into this. Look, the understanding that is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 22, we have this, this layout of what it means to live in the Spirit of God, And what it means to live in the flesh. Here's what it means to live in the spirit of God. That we would be people of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Now, can I ask you, if people just had self-control, would our world be significantly better? Think about it. One aspect of who the Holy Spirit is that He can lead you to self control, man, this would be a peaceful place. If the people that were around us just had love for others rather than themselves, it would change everything. Now, I don't know about you, but this is a hard thing to fulfill in a 24 hour period. Because somebody's going to come across and tempt you to be unloving. Most of the time it's your kid. Somebody's going to tempt you and say, hey, don't show self-control, show anger and rage. And you're going to go, I'm in. Holy Spirit walks with us and he tells us that the battle that we have versus the flesh and the spirit, that he walks with us when we are in the spirit. And the last thing is this, he is grieved. When we understand the identity of the person of the Holy Spirit, he is grieved. Listen, this understanding in Ephesians chapter four and verse 30, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Man, when we continue to live in our sin, the Holy Spirit is grieved. Now, let me be very clear on how this operates and how this works. Because guilt and shame do not come from the Lord. If you feel guilty and you feel shameful for the things that you're involved in, that is not Christ. Here's how He operates. Here's how the Holy Spirit operates He convicts. Let me clarify. If you know that there's a problem between you and your spouse, and there's something that's inside of your heart that says, we need to get that right. That's the Holy Spirit at work. If you see your child going in a direction that they don't need to be going in, and you have this conviction that says, hey, you need to talk to them, you need to spend time with them, you need to show care and concern and give them guidance, that's the Holy Spirit, and that's what conviction is. Guilt is completely different, shame is completely different. (laughs) Guilt and shame don't want you to do anything but be miserable. Conviction sets in to the point where you would begin to grow from this, that you would live for Christ. And so how to live with the Holy Spirit? Now that we know him, now that we understand who he is, how do we live this way? The first thing is to understand the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. One of the most encouraging things that we have as a believer is this. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 through 11, it says, You who, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, you've placed your faith and trust in Him. Although the body is dead because of sin, The spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And understanding that the greatest gift that God has given us is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. He functions in the ways that we've talked about above this. But here's the battle. Are you going to live in the Spirit of Christ, Spirit of Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, or are you going to live in the flesh? Listen, we are tempted throughout this all the time So the first thing that we understand is you need to live in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the second is listen to the Holy Spirit. In these previous verses that we've talked about, Philip, Peter, and Paul, all listen to the Holy Spirit. And the reality is that we listen to a, 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 a Facebook video or somebody that talks catchy or somebody else more than we listen to the voice of God. Can I tell you something and encourage you something? As your pastor, put down your phone and pick up the word of God. Man, if you're not understanding the voice of God, you're not understanding those things, listen to where he speaks. Now listen, I've heard a lot of encouraging little videos from different people, but they're still humans, (laughs) This is where God speaks. Think, some wander aimlessly because you don't listen to the voice of God that lives inside of you. And the last thing is this. Talk to the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. One of the greatest mysteries to me is that when I bow my head in prayer and I wonder what I'm going to say, the Holy Spirit begins to lead Hey, spend time praying for that individual. Spend time praying for that person. Spend time praying for this. Hey, just talk to me. Just fellowship with me. Understand who I am. So now this challenge and this understanding that's been given to each and every one of us is this. Now that we know who the Holy Spirit is, what should we do? The first thing I would tell you is that if you are here and you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ, that's the first step. But now that you know how the Holy Spirit operates and know the function that he has, I would tell you, utilize the gift that God has given you. Know how he works, know how he operates, know how he grows you, know how he moves you in the direction. And now that you know the Holy Spirit, will you live in the spirit or continue to live in the flesh? This is the battle. This is what we have to come to the right conclusion on. If we don't live in the Holy Spirit, the other opposite side of that is continually living in the flesh. So now that we've understood God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what do we do with this knowledge? Now that you know the Trinity, will you share it with others? You say, whoa, Jeff, Are you sure? Absolutely. It's what God's called us to do. And one of the reasons that I think that that churches are in decline and the, 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 the Christian faith is being attacked on every front is because we haven't trained and equipped the church to be strong in their faith. Now that you know what the Trinity is, you can have great conversations with other people. Look, the reality is this comes in contact with whoever you come in contact with. My air conditioning, uh, only a two-year-old unit, but they had to replace the whole air handler. We've been without air five times over the last month. So if I'm angry preaching this morning, no, I'm just kidding. But the two guys that came and replaced the unit, we began to talk and talk back and forth. And I will talk to anybody at any time, anywhere. We were talking back and forth, and we were just, he's previously out of the Marines, and the other guy's going through another situation. And as we're talking, they begin to open up to me. I'm like, man, this is weird. Isn't Friday my day off? And so before one of the guys leaves, he says, hey, you're a pastor. I said, I am. He said, Can I, I got all these questions in my brain, and I don't know who to ask them to. Can I ask you some of them? I said, man, fire, I can't promise that I can answer every one of them. And he goes, you're kind of a normal pastor. I was like, well, I don't know. My church may disagree. (laughs) He goes, it's really easy to talk to you. And I go, listen, the humble nature of God revealing truths to me so that I can share them with you, is of what's greatest importance. And he asked me questions about the Muslim faith and about Jewish faith, and we had all of these great conversations over my air conditioning. Listen, God has placed each and every one of you. It doesn't take a master's or a doctorate to have these conversations with people. But I promise you, one of the greatest reasons that people don't want to be a part of the Christian faith is they look at the Christians and they say, nothing is different. They don't know any more answers than what I do. They're not spiritually mature. And listen, the the church for a long time has taken this approach that says, hey, just do enough to get you to heaven. And nowhere in scripture is that laid out. The two terms that are laid out are justification and sanctification, Justification is us accepting Christ, that we have been justified by God. Sanctification is once we are a Christian, once we have accepted Christ, we spend the rest of our life spiritually maturing, growing and growing and growing so that we may minister to the people that are around us. Look, you accepting Christ was just the beginning. So I challenge you as a church, now that you know Share it with others. Don't keep this information inside. Take the opportunities that God's going to present you. And listen, I'm going to pray something crazy for you in here in just a second. I'm going to pray that God gives you an opportunity to share who the Holy Spirit is with somebody this week. And just imagine if you had one spiritual conversation this week. And then I'm going to go even crazier and I'm going to pray that God would bring somebody that needs to know who the Trinity is. And then you're going to go, man, I got this. I know this. I understand this. Now that you know, will you share it with others? If everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. The worship team is going to come forward and sing a song of invitation. And maybe... The Holy Spirit has been working on you since the beginning of this message. Saying, hey, you know that you need to grow in your knowledge. You need to grow in your understanding. Or, man, there's somebody around you that needs to know who God is. and needs to sh- That you need to share that information with them. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit has begun to reveal that there's sin that's involved in your life. That you're continually living in the flesh and not living in the Spirit of God. Maybe it was a lack of knowledge up to this point, but now that you know the knowledge of what it means to continually live in the Spirit. Maybe as I was talking about the Holy Spirit convicting, conviction was beginning to set in on you because of a conversation that needs to be had. This is how the Holy Spirit works on us. The Holy Spirit's been working on you this sermon. This altar is open to you. And when they sing this last song and the beautiful voices and the beautiful instruments begin to play, I pray that you would drown them out and listen to the words and the meaning of the song. Dear Father, I come to you this morning thankful for the clarity in scripture that you give us on who the Holy Spirit is you don't leave it as a mystery but I know that this is a, a, a tough thing for us fully to grasp and at some point our faith has to step in so that we can truly trust in this Lord there's a world that's around us that is being fed tons of information and none of it is coming from you Lord may we as the church take seriously our spiritual growth knowing these things so that we can share, so that we can share what you have revealed to us in Scripture. Lord, may we be bold in the moments where we just simply need to pray with somebody that you would say the words, that you would recall the things. May we be bold in sharing our testimony. May we be bold in sharing the things that we've learned through Scripture. And holy name we pray. Amen. If everybody would stand as we sing this last song, this altar is open to you. If the Holy Spirit's been working on you during this sermon, this altar is open to you.